Welcome to the NL East podcast, your favorite podcast about your favorite division in baseball. My name is Sam Clark, and with me, as always, the coffee to my creamer, Brandon Gross. Simple, easy. That's that's a perfect combo right there. Wait, did I do that one already? Probably. I think you did. See, look, your memory problems are showing again, my friend. <laughs> no. I I think because we are a worry, uh, or we we've been recording for the last few weeks early in the morning, that I just immediately look around me for some sort of inspiration <laughs> because I don't come very prepared to this. And I saw coffee and yeah. creamer, and I was like, "All right, Gotta let's be... get it going." Well, first of all, going to be honest, you're worrying me because not only did you already do that, but also you <laughs> called our podcast the NL East podcast, which is not untrue. Okay, all right, but you're we right. We are the NL Feast. Off not, to a bad not, start. Not trying to reprimand you Mm-mm. whatsoever. Mm-mm. I don't care. I think it's loose. It's fun. It's real. <laughs> but we are the NL Feast. I'm doing well though. How are you? I'm very tired. I'm good. Yeah, just for I mean, we we might as well get this out of the way. Brandon and I are recording uh, in unideal circumstances. Uh, I am on vacation right now. I'm currently in Ponte Vedra, Florida, with a Ponte Vedra. Ponte Vedra. Yes, a green salsa, Florida. Um, mm-hmm. And I am in a guest bedroom with all of my stuff hooked up, talking into a microphone, stepping away from my family for a minute. It's Monday. We normally record the day before the episode comes out. Today we're recording. Um, a couple days before it comes out, and we just kind of made it work. Neither of us really watched much baseball, but we'll see how this goes today, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still out in Needles or the Mojave Valley, mm-hmm. um, you know, hanging out with, with people from out here, starting to starting to understand, you know, American sensibilities. <laughs> Brandon, do you feel like you're becoming one with Needles, California? Uh, you know, I do have an American flag shirt, but honestly, you know, it's funny, I've started to... Uh, Forget masks now. Wow. Because no one wears a mask yeah. anymore. So now I'm not like, where's my mask? I'm just like walking into a place and be like, we got to wear masks. <laughs> you're mad. You're like protesting. You're doing anti-mask protests in Huntington exactly, Beach when yeah. you get back. But it's, dude, it's wild, but it's also wild how like easily I fell back into just like normal life. Dude. But I think once I get back to LA, I think I'll be masked up. It's kind again. of the same but, way here. Like uh, like we're in like the general St. Augustine area for people who don't know, like a little uh, south or north of Jacksonville. I don't know. We're, we're near Jacksonville. Yeah, um, south, right? yeah I think it's south. Uh, this isn't a geography podcast, Brandon. Not a math, not a literature. <laughs> I love geography. That'd be a fun one. <laughs> okay, all right, Brandon. We're going to do a spinoff podcast where Brandon looks at maps. Um, <laughs> but we're uh, we're in a southern part of the country, to be honest. This is a politically red part of the country. Um, so there's not a lot of masks masks on here. If you walk into a Target or a Publix, they have policies here where if you have already been vaccinated as an employee, you don't need to wear a mask. So even the employees don't really have masks on. Um, wow. Yeah, we're we're in it, Brandon. We are back in the South, baby. We're back down in See, Florida. The difference is here; these people are definitely not vaccinated. You know what I okay, mean? Okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference. Dude. It's like these. Yeah, it's like yeah, they're not wearing masks, but they're also not vaccinated. Also, again, full disclosure: like like I said earlier in the podcast, Brandon and I did not watch much baseball this week, so there's going to be some uh, some uneducated baseball takes and a lot of riff. We were busy. We're busy. Okay. I was on a beach. Get off our bats. We we're busy. Um, but. I watched What About Bob last night, Brandon. Have you ever seen the Bill Murray, oh my, Richard Dreyfuss movie? Of course, Richard Dreyfuss. I, so, I, you know what's funny? I saw that movie in, like, a psychology class, and we were doing a section on, like, mental health. Okay. I don't know I don't know what Bill Murray's diagnosed with. I don't remember. I know he's, like, a hypochondriac, right? Yeah, Isn't it's, it? like, a cute... I don't know. Richard Dreyfuss says it at one point in the movie. Yeah, he's just scared of everything, essentially. Goraphobe. Yeah, that's... That's a great flick. I remember them being on a boat at one point mm-hmm. and him screaming. Wait, what's is, isn't Richard Dreyfuss' character's name Richard? Am I wrong? Uh, it's it's Bob and Doctor Leo. 
W something. Leo. Leo W's. I forget. Dr. Uh, I forget. It's It was a as a kid that grew up very anxious um, and going in and out of psychiatrist's office, it was like comfort food for me as a child. And I hadn't watched it in like 15 years. And it was still so funny. It held up so well. Really? That's it. So why was it a, com- a comforting thing for you to see like Bill Murray see uh, go to a psychiatrist? Yeah, I think just like representation of, a, of an anxious person on television was or movies was not something I was like very familiar with at the time. And to, to see it and also just loving comedy as a kid, loving Bill Murray specifically as a kid. Um, it was great. And it just holds up. It is a, it's just plain old a good movie. It just was very funny. Yeah, great. Flick. And also, you know, it's funny. It's kind of a vacation movie, right? It is. Yeah. They go to Lake Winnipesaukee. New yeah, Hampshire. it's a vacation movie. You're on vacation right now. It's like normally people would pick. See, I remember when I was a kid that um, when I was really young and uh, my parents and I went to the beach, uh, we saw I watched Jaws. Big mistake. Oh. <laughs> what are you doing? That's got to be number one on the list of movies to not watch if you go to on a beach vacation. I don't Dude, I was like eight and I watched Jaws and I love that movie. It's one of my favorite it's movies a great of movie. all time. But, um, but yeah, um, I, I watched Jaws. Did it ruin um, your vacation? No, I don't think it ruined my vacation, but I'm definitely not. I definitely still don't go that deep in the water, you know. <laughs> I think what happened, Miranda and I have been going swimming a lot, and she was hesitant to go past a certain point. And I think it's because she watches too many shark movies. Jaws also connected because Richard Dreyfuss in both of the movies. That's right. He's a vacation. And you know what, also, movie Richard. I've been thinking about Richard Dreyfuss because <laughs> oh, my, okay, well, you've been my, thinking about I've been Dreyfuss. thinking about Richard Dreyfuss a lot lately because my writing partner. Um, his dad, he's not with that a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he looks like Richard Dreyfuss. Wow. And Brandon doesn't want to brag, but his writing partner is Chris Pratt, famous anti-masker. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's Bob Dreyfus. Ah, uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The brother. I also, um, I did a bad thing, though, yesterday, and I started digging too deep into the movie, and there was, like, a bunch of quotes from producers, um, directors, and Richard Dreyfuss. You said you did a bad thing. I did a bad thing. Wait, because it, ru- it kind of ruined the movie because it turns out that Bill Murray was just like drunk every night, yelling at Richard Dreyfuss and like physically and verbally abusing the staff. It was like during Bill Murray's not so great years. Um, he like wow. threw an ashtray at a producer or no, he threw, tried to throw an ashtray at Richard Dreyfuss and then like threw a woman in a lake, threatened to throw her across a parking lot. Jeez. Like got drunk and screamed in Richard Dreyfuss's face and said, nobody likes you. Like did a bunch of really bad stuff. Um, but he also, yeah, it's, he did that actor Bill thing. Murray, he did that actor thing where he was like, I was just trying to really piss off Richard so that we could get into character more. Dude, bullshit. If he's taking out on other people, he's throwing ashtrays at producers. Yeah, see. And it's funny, like Bill Murray is like a, an exonerated He's he's been pretty much exonerated for his wrongdoings and his missteps, but mm-hmm. it's like he's kind of not the best dude. I know. There's like that. Weird... And Richard Richard Dreyfus was semi canceled as well. Actually, was it for like creepy stuff or was it for just general? Yeah, I think behavior? creepy stuff with like a makeup artist, like mm. and on like Mr. Holland's Opus or something. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, there's like that weird thing where if you did if you were like shitty before the internet really started um, patrolling, then you kind of get away with it. Yeah. Brandon, uh, let's get this. This podcast is now about cancel culture, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> you and I do a great job of towing the line between the baseball and things we are not comfortable talking about on yeah. our microphone. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, what if this is the podcast that takes down Bill Murray? They're oh like, no! Podcasters reveal no. Bill Murray's missteps. We're the Hannibal Burris to Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, that'll get us on the map, baby. We could skyrocket from twenty-three to thirty-three, forty-three listeners. That could be good for us. 
We'll have to pivot into a full-time TMZ style uh, podcast, though. <laughs> I hope you're okay with that. Yeah, we're going to keep the name NL Fisto and really confuse all of the pop culture people. Speaking of, yeah. okay, all right, I did warn that this is going to be not as much baseball and a lot of tangent, but Ben Affleck and J-Lo are back, baby. Miranda showed me some pictures today. They're back. They came out of an apartment. Sam, we talked about this already. I know, but there's more pictures that came out today, I'm saying, that were that were especially incriminating <laughs> and, uh, and really just seemed like they had sex, rolled out of bed, and then got paparazzi pictured. I actually saw saw someone say if J-Lo and A-Rod bought the Mets, then Ben Affleck would have been the Mets' stepdad. Oh, my God. That's so funny. That's so funny. I, uh, what, if I, what if I start uh, talking about normal baseball stuff, and you're like, Sam, you're repeating yourself. I'm like, so the Marlins won a series this week, and you're like, you just talked about that last week. You can't, you're losing it. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, Brandon, we got we do have a lot to talk about. We'll we'll keep it loose, uh, well fast and loose on today's podcast, but we're going to get into the national sweep of the Orioles. Braves pillage the pirates. Do you like that? I was trying to find a verb for like that that's vaguely, great. Yeah, that's vaguely perfect. pirates related. So I said Braves pillage the pirates. Bad week for the Phillies. We got our Degrama de week, sixty second stories, feast or famine. But Brandon, before we do, our two teams finally played each other. You watched maybe a tenth of the entire series, and I watched a majority of it. So I can't be able to speak a little educated on the matter. Um, but the Marlins beat the Braves, dude, after a very very weird opening game, which I do believe is the one that you watched. Is that correct? Oh, Marlins beat the Mets, you mean? Yeah, what did I say? Braves? Braves, yeah. Mar- okay, Marlins beat the Mets in a very weird series. I'm just calling you out on your <laughs> shit today, buddy. I'm on vacation, all right? I'm wearing one of those, like, uh, Life is Good t-shirts right now, just straight chilling. <laughs> I'm in dad mode. It's like when you when you start your job, uh, when you start your paralegal job, you're going to be like, sorry, still got vacation brain. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, a little foggy from vacation brain. Um, <laughs> yes, but as a weird series, the Marlins did a bullpen, uh, bullpen game in the first game of the series, which led to us having 10 pitchers, uh, pitch in that game because Jordan Holloway got injured after only three outs and wasn't able to come and do, uh, some long bullpen work like we were expecting, but Marlins lost an extra innings in the bottom of the 12th. Couldn't make it happen. I think we brought it from six to three to five to six, but just couldn't get that sixth run across. And, uh, we lost to the Mets, man. How did it feel to know that your triple A squad beat the Marlins? <laughs> Well, first off, in regards to the bullpen game, I think it's interesting how it seems like now when there are bullpen games, it's normally out of necessity. Like, mm-hmm. it was for the Rays, it was strategy. Yeah, but now it true. seems like yeah. bullpen games are like, all of our pitchers are injured. We have to do this. That's exactly what's going on with the Marlins, too. I know Elysia is supposed to come back. Some they, I read today on Twitter, so to take it with a grain of salt, that it could be as early as next week that Eliezer mm. could come back, which would be awesome. Same thing with Starling Marte, which I was like, that's so weird. I did not expect him to be back Whoa, that that's early. quick. Maybe it wasn't as uh, severe of a grade strain. Yeah, as we were talking about, we grade strains on this podcast. Um, and I'm not talking Eight about less. our 420 episode. Am I right, Brandon? Oh, yeah. A, Blaze it, bro. Has different, uh, has different strains. Yes, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and some people prefer others from what I've been told. Um, but... It was, uh, yeah, we, we are in desperate need of starting pitchers, and we were lucky that in last night's game, I guess yesterday's game, um, Cody Poteet showed up against um, against former Marlon Jordan Yamamoto, who apparently his, Jordan Yamamoto's wife is apparently a QAnon consp- uh, conspiracy theorist. I could not find anything what? about it, but somebody made some tweet in passing that was like, essentially, fuck Jordan Yamamoto and his QAnon wife. And I tried to find it, and I couldn't find anything. I was like going th- I found her Twitter, and I was going through her likes, trying to figure out if there was any incriminating likes. And there was only one that was just like, uh, I stand with Israel. But she also just tweeted that, so... <laughs> She's she, yeah. uh, which is like a vaguely right wing um, uh, political take these days, but nothing about QAnon specifically. So I, I can't speak on the matter too much. Yeah, well, that's interesting because our uh, uh, our my uh, famine this week was going to be Twitter bullies because I saw that 
because Yamamoto has been very active on Twitter the whole season. He's mm-hmm. mostly been in AAA, and he's been you know watching every Mets game. Even when he's been in Syracuse, watching every Mets game, tweeting about it. His wife has tweeted about it. They seem like very nice people from what I saw. I didn't dig any, yeah. into anything in their life. And as soon as Yamamoto, Yamamoto blew that the third dude. game of the Mets Holland series, <laughs> I know, I dude. The Mets fans that. went ape shit on <laughs> on his wife. Uh, like, not that and, she tweeted she about it, like, right? She was like, "Keep it classy." And then Yamamoto this morning tweeted a whole like, "Oh page, no way!" Like saying, "I'm only going to address this once." He was very nice about it, but like, but you know, now now that um, I find out she's possibly QAnon, sick of. Sick of yeah. Mets fans. Get them. Okay, I found the tweet in question, so I'll, I'll quote it so that we have a little something to talk about on today's podcast. Um, this is what Jordan Yamamoto tweeted. I will address this once and once only. Ooh, very uh, stern tone that we have from Yamamoto. I know Twitter is sometimes not a very nice place, and to some of you, it may seem fun to troll people. But you don't go and harass my wife, all caps. My wife. Uh, my wife. <laughs> she isn't the one playing the game nor wearing the uniform. If you should be trolling anyone, it should be me. Tag me and comment on my post. It is my fault and my fault alone. I gave up those five runs. My own errors and lack of focus got away from me that inning. So don't go and harass her. Because I understand as a professional athlete, that comes with the territory. But our family and spouses do not sign up for that. They don't deserve that. (laughs) I'm reading this in Aziz's voice. They don't deserve that. Um, (laughs) No one deserves that. We preach love and compassion towards one another. So with all that being said, I truly appreciate the true fan base for sticking up for my wife, my wife, (laughs) when they've seen those nasty (laughs) tweets. Um, so thank you. Also, we are moving onward and upward. I love that that's an also. You, you did the Aziz voice. It's going to be, okay, this is my impression of John Mulaney okay. reading the Yamamoto. Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's do it. You can't go harassing my wife. <laughs> my wife. Yeah, also two uh, uh, Borat and John Mulaney, famous comedians, talking about their wife with regularity. Mm-hmm. I guess ex-wife now, Brandon, but we don't want to get into that. Let's not get into that TMZ drama. Uh, but yeah, uh, also we are moving. I love that it's like a side note that also we are moving onward and upward. <laughs> that game is in the past and it's time to move to today because we have a new series and a new day to get better and be better. Much love. Hashtag Mets Twitter. Um, yeah, that's funny. Obviously, Jordan Yamamoto was a former Marlin, so it felt good to kind of kick the shit out of him. Somebody um, somebody tweeted that it was uh, that we actually won the Christian Yelich trade because we got Jordan Yamamoto back in the Christian Yelich trade and then DFA'd him and the Mets picked him up and we used that to win. So if you think about it, Brandon. 40 chess. Whoa. Hey, if you win the division by one game this year, mm-hmm. now you know. That's true. Also, again, that's what it was. I mean, we, this is a this is going to be a pretty disorganized podcast. Just because uh, uh, I don't know if we told them, Brandon, we're on a little bit of a vacation. We got vacation brain. We got vacation brain. Uh, it's just me and my best friend, Coffee. <laughs> can you, okay, can you uh, say that like Aziz? I'm sorry. Do a vacation uh, brain joke as Aziz. I, my Aziz uh, impression is just going, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can't. I don't, I don't have it in me, Brandon. It's too early. I got vacation brain. <laughs> um, but I was looking at the MLB uh, or the National League East standings, and it really is wild. Like, it does seem as though that there's a, 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 a slight chance that it does come down to one game. I think everybody from last place to first place, there's only two and a half games in between. Dude, I told you, I think the division winner is going to win like 85, 86 games. I really do. Because at this point, like, it's two months in, almost two months complete, and none of these teams are breaking out. Unless mm-hmm. uh, one of these teams gets all their injured players back, which the Mets is going to be a while. Uh, the Braves, Soroka, they ain't coming back, we talked about. Adios, I, buddy. I feel like Marlins Nation, I'm not just saying that because you're here. I think Marlins Nation should okay. be feeling positive. Because you guys have stayed afloat, you still have that positive run differential. The Braves have one now in the mm-hmm. division as well. But you have the positive run differential. 
if Hernandez comes back and six though, who knows when he's coming back, right? Is there an update on that? I know he's still uh, he's not doing bullpen sessions. He's still throwing at 120 feet. Was the last thing I read. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. So when they come back, I feel like Marlins Nation should be feeling kind of good. I think they should. I think we are. I think we are because we did, like you said, we stayed afloat during all the injuries. We beat the we beat we took a series from the Phillies and a series from the Mets, which really there was a chance that if we lost both those series that we would be like really starting to move down to the bottom of the standings. But we stayed alive. I know we didn't play like a full healthy Mets team, but um, nobody's really fully healthy right now. It seems so. Marlins Nation is feeling good. There's still some pessimists on Marlins Nation, um, and as you know, I'm slowly branching my way into Marlins Twitter. Before you know it, I'll be an active member, uh, beloved by the community, if you will. But in the meantime, I just kind of slowly. Uh, uh, stealthily uh, uh, judge the grouches of Marlins Twitter who do there's just people that I mean I'm sure you know this as a Mets fan there's just people on Twitter that seem like they can't can't enjoy the positives and enjoy the negatives instead and like there's a there's a uh, what's the word I'm looking for a storyline going around on Mar- uh, Marlins Twitter after the first loss to the Mets and blaming Kim Ang for the loss and it's like yeah. okay we had it really just seems like it's like coded sexism and it's like they uh, we don't have help. It's not her fault that Jordan Holloway got injured. It's not her fault that like Eliezer Hernandez and Sixto Sanchez and Edward Cabrera have all been injured. And we have what, to do a what if Kim game. Ang also, is actually she's like Tanya Harding and she like <laughs> she has like a crowbar in like the locker room and she like hits and her she's got a burner account on Twitter to kind of like keep the, yeah. <laughs> keep the narrative going Kevin Durant style. Um, but she also constructed a bullpen that only allowed three runs in 11 innings like. I know that the Mets weren't a healthy team, but it, yeah. So that kind of pissed me off this week when it was, uh, and I tweeted about it, and I got one like from Brandon. Can you tell me, uh, is there a more, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Perfect Twitter account that meets all of my, um, all of my hobbies and my likes and my dislikes than Billy the Marxist? Instead of Billy the Marlin, it's just Billy the Marxist. It's a Billy the Marlin Twitter account that tweets progressive political views. Isn't that great? Is it like Billy the Marlin with a Karl Marx beard? It's let's take a look at his uh his it is his I know that because he's he's referred to himself Billy the Marxist it is yeah it actually is Brandon mm-hmm. <laughs> good marketing honestly yeah and he we have the same cover photo so Billy the Marxist maybe we can get Billy the Marxist to drop in and hey, um, what and if there's one for Mister Mister Marx ooh Mister Mister Marx that's pretty good you should just start that I though. I mean, I guess I would say this about uh, Miami as well. There's not a, uh, I'm sure there's not a strong progressive vein running through the through the community, right? In, in Mets Twitter. No, actually, you know, Mets Twitter, like the because there's like a lot of funny people on Mets Twitter. They actually did a big like uh, March Madness style bracket where people voted for the best Mets fan Twitter account. Uh, mm-hmm. They're actually the, the funny ones are pretty progressive, and then there's the ones that the Mike Francesa okay, right. ones that are on there that yes. are just doing, <laughs> you know just doing their the Mets. The, the Mets need people to bunt more. They need to move them over. You know, they have those people. <laughs> yeah, the the designated hitter should uh, never exist in the National League people, those kind of guys. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. reminds me, actually. I remember in, like, 2000, must have been 2004, uh, SportsCenter had one Mr. Donald Trump on TV. Ooh, This is when he was cool, a reality cool. goon. Well, he still is, but that's mm-hmm. when he was only a reality mm-hmm. goon. And uh, Brandon, as I like to call him, the orange buffoon. Oh, uh, Mr. Cheeto dust skin. <laughs> yeah, uh, Cheeto in office. That's what I say. Uh, uh, I'm sick of a, uh, a guy who wears orange makeup. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Have you seen his hair? <laughs> what okay, is right, that? Uh, uh, a wig? <laughs> <laughs> He's fat. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, well, he golfs a lot. 
Uh, yeah, he, uh, he, uh, he one time he golfed. Uh, I know there's like a point uh, in ironic leftist Twitter where it just starts to sound like we're making fun of uh, people that j- dislike Trump as pro Trump enthusiasts, which we have to clarify. I guess yeah. I just talked about Billy the Marxist meeting all of my needs. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe people know where we're coming from on this, but uh, um, Orange Man, bad brand. Anyway, okay. Orange Man. So he was on Sports Center like 2004, and they asked, I don't know, uh, Linda Cohn or someone asked him, they said, what, what was, who was the biggest disappointment in, uh, uh, in sports this year? And he goes, Kazmatsui and the Mets. It was a huge <laughs> disappointment. And, uh, Matsui was, you know, like a, it was a big, it was a big, uh, signing the Mets brought over. Um, he was, he was Japanese and, um, yeah, uh, he was Japanese and they brought him over and he was just kind of shitty and, and they forced Jose Reyes to play second base when he was a young and, Anyway, but I just remembered that oh from, my God. from our, our conversation. That's so funny. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, yeah, Brandon, it was a weird series, though, just to kind of bring it back to, <laughs> to the Marlins. The, uh, the best part about the game that you watched a little bit of, what part of the, of the first game in the series did you watch? Um, I saw Stroman. I, I saw most of Stroman start on Friday. Stroman looked great. Yeah, so I, I didn't see the um, drama at the end, though. I didn't see the, the extra innings. I didn't see the Khalil Lee, uh, uh, his first hit of his career, that nice double. Yeah, um, great timing. And I didn't see Jonah Shway. I didn't see any Jonah Shway plays. <laughs> there was a point where I was looking at your lineup being like, I think I know five people, Dude, including Stroman. It is insane how right quickly they were decimated. Because I remember a while ago we were talking, we were like, Mets are pretty healthy compared to everyone else. And then it was just, yeah, just they're doing all right. so hard. Luckily, DeGrom's coming back from Tuesday. And I think, yeah, I saw I think Taiwan Walker, I think he'll be back a little sooner. J.D. Davis hit a home run in triple a we're like great he's gonna come back and then he had a stiff neck then got a neck strain right yeah, yeah and then that. and then they were like oh yeah his thumb still hurts when he swings i'm like why is he swinging then why yeah what are you doing i don't geez, know and then, geez, geez louise man and mcneil and uh conforto actually an interesting quote conforto because he him and mcneil both got injured when they're playing in tampa and conforto okay. made a reference to the hard turf the fake artificial turf in tampa that he thinks that was the issue because he didn't like how, you know, he didn't like how it felt when they ran. And I was like, that's probably right because they don't have that in other stadiums now. It's not common. You know, it used to be common at, at the Astrodome, at the Phillies old stadium, Toronto, Minnesota. Like, that turf was, was like, extremely common. But I think the Rays are the only team now that has that, right? Yeah, and I, I know the Yankees have, have staggered their lineup intentionally whenever they go to Tampa because they don't want them to play conse- like too many consecutive games on that turf because at, a, at risk of injury. And like, who knows? It's the Yankees and the Rays, so the Rays have always been in the Yankees' head, so it's hard to say if... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to say if that's part of the issue. But yeah, I've heard that complaint before. Uh, Tropicana Field just constantly winning worst stadium in all of MLB over and over and over again. Yeah, and uh, and honestly, I'm sure they're right, but because two players going down with hamstring injuries that were seemingly healthy all year, yeah, well, surprising. I know that's a little weird. I do want to take a moment to brag, Brandon, that my Marlins beat your Mets. So there it is. This is me bragging. We won. Sorry. Hey, congratulations. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, hey, at least it was no Ho Hank, Garrett Cooper. Dude, oh my God. Yeah, I guess people don't know this because this was a, a thing we had pre-podcast, but Brandon and I have determined that Garrett Cooper is none other than no Ho Hank from the HBO series Barry. Uh, and we will not take any objections to that. That is his yeah. nickname. We don't Move think he forward. has he's not the sloth. He's not. But he looks like he <laughs> it's does. True, he doesn't. I did see a weird picture of him when, in his college days. I think he played for Auburn, and he had a full like southern haircut, like full southern like long hair. And I was like, what? What's the a hell? southern haircut? A mullet? It's like uh, you know when like uh, the southern dudes started like having Justin Bieber haircuts like three years oh, after yes, they were like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, the and the then they kind of like tail yes and they kind of like flip a little bit out like from where they wear their like salt life hats and stuff <laughs> big that he looked like that and it was weird it was very very weird but he hit a yeah dude 
Garrett Cooper's been so hot. Marlins, tw- speaking of Marlins Twitter, Marlins Twitter was very anti Garrett Cooper for the, like the first thirty mm-hmm. games of the season, and he's really turned it around. I think we recently. reversed the curse last week because we were kind of talking shit last week on him. Yeah, and also we we also do have a, a point of evidence that we might as well get to now um, that we do not actually curse people. I'm going to jump from this to the first bullet point on the rundown to the third bullet point on the rundown to just talk about Austin Riley, dude. Have you been following Austin Riley's success? Yeah, I don't know if I you know, looked yeah at so yeah, we talked about him a bit last week, but that dude is. But we didn't curse him. We are not a curse podcast curse, any no, longer. We, uh, Austin Riley um, broke the curse, but yeah, Austin Riley, man, he. Hitting 320 in the season, 929 OPS. He's continuing to rank. He's playing good defense as well. Um, yeah, breakout star of the, of the NL East, I would say, this year. Truly insane. And I know that the dialogue going into the season was like the Braves have all of these great players in all of these positions, but if uh, but it's kind of dependent on Austin Riley. And it's very strange that Austin Riley is the one that broke out, and now everybody's like, all right, when are the rest of the Braves going to do their Braves stuff? What's happening here? Yeah, I mean, a good sign for them was game one. So they took two, three to four from the Pirates. But a good time mm-hmm. for them was, like, game one, they went 20-1. to one. Dude, yeah, what was – okay, Acuna had a grand slam. Austin Riley hit two home runs. Dansby Blomplin hit two home runs, mm-hmm. too. I don't know if you – or one home run. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, Figglesby, Flower Sticks. <laughs> SpongeBob Squarepants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to start saying Richard anything Dragons. we're wanted at this point. Yeah. Um, so it really seems like their bats are starting to come alive. I mean, listen, if you want to start coming alive, playing the Pirates team is a good way to do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So twenty runs on on Friday. I think Albies hit a homer. Acuna hit a homer. Um, yeah, uh, Freeman still only one for five in that game. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then also the people like Adrianza, who I mention every week, my boy. He hit a I homer. know he hit a homer. I saw game. that. Um, former Met legend Guillermo Heredia. He went three for five in that yes. game as well. That sounds good. But, um, yeah, Darno's out right now for them. But it was a good sign for the Ribs. I know it's the Pirates. I get it, you know, mm. but good sign for the Braves overall that they they also now have a positive run differential uh, as well. Yeah, and, uh, uh, it's easy when you when you win by nineteen yeah, runs in one game, game to boost that run differential up. Yeah, um, Brandon, I gotta get. I'm gonna give us a little pat on the back considering how little baseball we were able to watch this week while uh, having vacation brain and being able to talk as though we watched even a little bit of any of this Braves <laughs> Pirate series. So good for you, I Brandon. Was glued to good the job, my you know, friend. You know something interesting when I was watching? I think the Braves. Phillies series a week or so ago, um, mm-hmm. Jeff Mathis came up to the plate, and I was like, "What, Jeff Mathis?" And I, Whoa, what the and heck? I was like, "Wait, isn't this dude like I remember him playing like years ago?" And it's like, "Yeah, this dude's been in playing, being a catcher in the majors for about fifteen years now." That's insane. But Speaking I, of catchers in the majors, what's up with James McCann, dude? Dude, McCann, I I don't know. For a while, Thomas uh, Tomas Nito, the Mets backup catcher, was starting because he was just mm-hmm. absolutely breaking. I think in the first Marlins series, he got yeah. a big hit too. But yeah, yeah, dude, sure. McCann, Lindor, Dom Smith all have to step their goddamn games up with with the rest of the lineup totally out. I know it's so strange because like you and Lindor is still not not he was not scary. I'll tell you what, dude. You ex- I know we keep saying we're expecting him to turn around, um, and he has just not done it yet. Also, I realized that we went from bouncing to talking about the Braves to talking about the only two teams that we were able to watch this <laughs> week again. So um, yeah, that was weird. and also I love Dom Smith. I know that like uh, as a Marlins fan, I probably shouldn't love anybody but because i've been watching so many uh mets games this series or this season because of our podcast it's it's dom yeah. smith is somebody that has endeared yeah i mean to yeah him. i mean dom's great and and last year he like was hopped up whole entire 60 game season this year mm-hmm. you know he's been a little streaky showing some signs of life but um but yeah you know maybe moving him back to his natural position first base while pete is out will help him a little bit 
That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, to to go back to the Braves real fast, uh, like we were talking about initially, I I don't know if this is an anomalous stat because of um, like we were talking about the run differential stat. When you win by twenty to one, sometimes these things happen. But the Braves now lead the league in home runs, which is kind of interesting. Really? Wow. Well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Because I mean, because uh, even though like they've been streaky this year, their biggest issue has been mm-hmm. pitching, right? So they yes. like we mentioned and a while ago, they they were losing games like twelve to eleven, nine to eight. Yeah. You know. Weird games. Yeah, like the Cubs series. I know they it's like the yeah. third time we brought that one specific game up. But yeah, they, they lost like 12 to four or something like that. Um, but they, they take on who do they take on this week? We'll, we'll get to it in an upcoming series, but they they play the Red Sox, Mets and Nationals. So that could be a tough week for them. Oh, so I'm worried about the Mets, dude. I mean, like if because if the Mets give up any run, if their pitching is bad at all with the Mets lineup, it's like they're, they're toast. Done. So concerned they're about toast. the Mets. Well, good news. The division is so uh, what's the word I'm looking for? So. Brandon, help me here. Thank you. (laughs) There it is. The man knew what I wanted. Um, But speaking of bad pitching, dude, the Nationals continue to struggle with some starters. They had Corbin and Lester continue to disappoint. Lester allowed four innings through six earned or allowed six earned runs through four innings. And Corbin had five and two thirds innings with four earned runs, though. I guess the majority of them came in the first inning. Um, Brandon, what do we think about this for um, for a a nickname for John Lester this season? Lackluster. (laughs) Pretty good. I would, Come guar- on. I would guarantee that at some point the Chicago Tribune and the Boston Globe when he was in Boston, <laughs> Chicago, they had to have. If not, it's like, guys, fire your editorial staff. What's going Please, on? Please, what are you doing? Yeah, hire me and fire your editorial staff. Actually, don't hire me because I'm working for the New York Public Defender's Office now, you big idiots. That's right. Paralegal to journalist. What is he, a superhero? Brandon, have I told you I got a job yet? I don't know if I told you this. <laughs> oh, now he's playing on his memory <laughs> issues. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the Nationals sweep the Orioles. Um, Orioles really moving far down the standings. I was just looking at the general standings today. I think they're like almost double-digit games uh, out. So they're they're pretty much hanging but, up already. Uh, even though Trey Mancini, I think he... Uh, who fought, came back from colon cancer? I believe he has the most hits in the majors. Sure. Dude, he he's hitting really well. Yeah, you love to see it. After uh, the, we love a good feel good story. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Mancini is is every bit of a feel good story. Did you see the uh, the Strasburg came back though? He threw five and a third with no earned runs. So as a Nat- Nationals fan, you got to feel feel pretty good about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Corbin's been shaky all year, as we know. Our good friend uh, Patrick Corbin. But yeah, I mean, with Strasburg, friend of the pod, Patrick Corbin. <laughs> with Strasburg, Patrick, and, actually, now that I think about it, Patrick Corbin and Corbin and Jordan Yamamoto's wife have uh, got a lot of a lot of things in common. I bet. Oh well, yeah, we could we should put together a um, Marvel Avengers of QAnon baseball oh lives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking up Patrick Corbin to see if he's married. Because uh, if he's not, you better watch out, Jordan. Jen Corbin, sorry. Yep, she also looks like somebody that might uh, enjoy a couple of QAnon conspiracies, to be honest. So, <laughs> Patrick Corbin's kind of a low-key hunk, dude. He's a cutie. Yeah, wow. I, for some reason, thought he was kind of like a, a an unattractive man, but well, I take back everything I say. No, <laughs> true. But look at this picture. We'll post it on the on the Twitter account, but kind of a hunk. Maybe that's just one good picture, so it's hard to say, but not an ugly dude by any stretch of the imagination. Hunks of the NLEs. Hunks of the NL East. That's going to be what we're going to talk about during the offseason. We'll just talk about all the hotties of the NL East. Mm-hmm. Um, NL Beasts. But, yeah, which was, I guess we get a little peek behind the curtain, was a, a proposed name for the podcast. But it was too aggro started. for us. You know, that's not our, that's not our yeah. thing. Yeah, it sounds like we we were the QAnon conspirators then, but that's not the case. Um, Brandon, Juan Soto had a, like a weird little ground out, fly out, get thrown out incident happen. Did you watch that? 
was he was he uh, no i didn't <laughs> No, okay. Hey, listen, full disclosure, we opened this podcast up by saying we watched a little baseball. Pretty much what happened was there was um, – he hit like a fly ball that looked like it was going to go um, uh, foul and instead landed right in front of the catcher. And he was just like half-ass walking, jogging to first base, and uh, the catcher was able to throw him out at first, even though he should have been able to beat it out by a mile um, in wow. the Orioles series. Yeah, it's um, funny. Some and, of these guys – not Tatis, but like – that was an issue with, like, Harper, too. You know, like, Harper sort of, like, pouting mm-hmm. and running to first base when he came up. And that sort of adds fuel to the the anti-new baseball people. You know what I mean? Like, the announcers that are just like, he's got to run the fly ball out. You know, those people. Oh, my God. Because they're they like, he's not guy. playing. Like, I'm the right way. Which, yeah, obviously. I know. We love seeing, like, you know, someone like Brandon Nimmo who just, like, books at first base on a walk. Like, I think that's, that's fun. fun. I think that's great. It's, like, that's Pete Rose style. Like mm-hmm. But, um... um. But yeah, I mean that you hate seeing that because you know you should. Uh, it comes up does it does come off as like a little selfish almost where you're yeah. like, hey, you got to still yeah. run everything out. It's like you gotta, you know, you never know when you can help your team. Even as somebody as somebody who was bad at baseball growing up, I ran with so much heart every time in an effort to just boost my sub two hundred batting average up as much as possible. That's right, you gotta reach on that infield single. Come on. That's what I'm saying. I got to do that. Um, I don't know. It's weird because like you and I very clearly have like a, a more progressive understanding of what, where baseball should be going mm-hmm. and, and lean towards like um, less traditional takes. But for whatever reason, I have like this hang up on on that behavior in particular. I'm like, I just run it out, man. If, if for no other reason, then you may get on base in, a, in an opportunity when you might not have previously. Like, I feel like I have this antiquated idea as to, as to what it should be, um, as, to, as to what you should be doing in that specific situation, as opposed to all of my other beliefs with baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man. I mean, uh, yeah, because that is like you still do like seeing those players. We mentioned a little bit with Nick Maton last week. It's like you kind of do like those hard nosed players, the ones that are diving after everything, even if it's like five feet away from them. It's like you gotta like yeah, seeing those guys. Yeah, you love that. You guys that yeah, are doing really max do. effort. I mean, you know, I think you can marry the two where it's bat flips. Uh, celebrations and also just like running out of ground out. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Um, Brandon, my new favorite thing to do, and I didn't hear back from one of our friends, uh, but is to text a friend of a certain team that we know, uh-huh. in this case, my friend Drew Bryant, um, and bring their opinion on a team that we don't get to watch too often. And again, in this case, the Nationals. Uh-huh. Um, and in a week like this, where you and I were a little preoccupied, I don't know if anybody had heard, but we were on vacation. Vacation, um, I was surfing. We'll get into that later, Brandon. Um, I asked I asked Drew to give me a rundown on his Nationals fan take um, for uh, for us to discuss. So here's what we're saying. Also, I said, Drew, I know you don't listen to the podcast that much, but you kind of have your own segment. And he said, I actually do listen to the podcast. So I've listened to a few. <laughs> he, he probably said, hates us, dude. We work from the Nationals all the time. <laughs> or even worse, we just don't talk about the Nationals. Yeah, is, like the meanest thing we could do. Um, but okay. All right. So this is what Drew Bryant texted me. I've listened to a few exclamation point, but yeah, here's a rundown. He's, he's typing like he's Jordan Yamamoto, uh, telling people to stop bullying his wife. Um, Bell and Schorber finally appear to be hitting their strides, meaning we finally have a lineup that extends past Turner and Soto. Both are finally hitting over 200 LOL. Uh, and between them, they seem to average a bomb a game, which is good. It does seem like Bell specifically, I know Schorber was, was good for a home run. Um, after like the first 25 games of the season, but I'm glad to see Bell turn it around. I, I, I don't know. something cool about Bell. He's like a huge dude, switch hitter, first baseman, power guy. I kind of like Bell. Um, I don't know if you have anything to, to, to add Oh, to Josh that. Bell? Yeah, yeah. No, I like Josh Bell too. And I was, uh, I thought when they signed both those guys, it seemed like they were two all or nothing guys. As we like to say, yeah, exactly. but, um, it seemed like they were leaning more into the nothing being in the season, but you know, once they catch a fire, it's like they couldn't be guys that could hit four homers a week. 
for sure. I also was saying, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, mainly because I had not added much of value. So I was not like, Brandon, get your ass in here. What play I'm going to say kid. is, Drew, thank you for listening to the podcast, even though we rip on the Nationals more than any other team in this division. <laughs> Brandon, I got even better news. I'm not done. Okay. Uh, Strasburg looked good, if not overpowering in his first start back. No runs on one hit over five innings, but with four walks and four strikeouts, lots of ground balls, which we kind of discussed. Having Strasburg back for the Nationals is imperative to their uh, their chance of winning the division. And again, only a couple games behind, so they're not too far out of it. Um, and Brad Hand has rebounded from his awful st- series against the Yankees, but has still had some control issues. He's still the closer as of now, but Daniel Hudson has looked phenomenal out of the pen and would be a pretty easy next choice. To be honest, our pen has generally outperformed expectations expectations this year aside from hand and some struggles from will harris so that's good to hear i mean a good bullpen is the backbone of a good team we've always said that brandon yeah i mean the back the back end of that nationals rotation is, you know it's a little questionable as we've established but it's like well if they mm-hmm. you know if they have some length in the bullpen um i know hudson you know has been great in past years too and if and brad hands obviously extremely talented i think he had like a one point something era uh for uh, a year or two ago um, yeah something like that so yeah so um you know i think the nationals uh, I still, they're not my favorite. I still, if a gun to my head, I would still say the Nationals are going to finish them last, to be honest with you, despite Sorry, Scherzer, Nationals fans. Strauss Sorry, and, Drew. And uh, Soto. I'm going to say that. I'm gonna, I'm, uh, my early prediction is that they're going to finish last. My, I don't know if you remember one of the bets that I had at the beginning of the season was that uh, Trey Turner would score the most runs, and that's not looking so good. Well, it's because <laughs> he has no so one good. there behind him, right? <laughs> I know. Nobody's knocking him in. I know. And the idea was it would be Soto, but Soto's had some injuries and has been in and out of the lineup a little bit. Yeah. So, um, Anyways, all right. Here we go. We have two more bullet points. Um, <laughs> Soto was kind of – I know. Dude, Drew – also, shout out to Drew. I asked our friend Pete, who's a Braves fan, to send me a rundown. He sent me nothing, and Drew gave me like – 500 words on the national he's just gonna respond and be like his name is dansby swanson (laughs) that's all you need to know um juan soto was kind of slumping but has started to turn it around in the past week or so he's been hitting the ball hard and walking more than he strikes out but his launch angle has continued to drop that's weird which has been a concern over the past few years hopefully with the rest of the lineup starting to produce the pressure will be taken off of him and he'll start hitting more line drives and dingers um, yeah, I mean, Juan Soto is imperative to the to the Nationals doing anything good. So <laughs> I'm glad to hear he's running around. Did you even realize he was slumping? Yeah, I knew because he's actually on one of my fantasy teams. And, like, he was, like, my number uh, one pick. There so I did notice that uh, as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, also, like, the guy doesn't have much protection in the lineup, right? Mm-mm. I bet, it, yeah, I bet if you really looked at his walk out. rate, I bet his walk rate's pretty high, though. Yeah, yeah, I bet it Give is. It uh, well, it says he's 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 walking more than he's striking out, according to our uh, our Nationals port reporter uh, Drew Bryant. So, um, all right, finally, Brandon Robles put on the ten day IL after twisting his right ankle, running the bases against the Cubs, but it looks to be more precautionary than anything. Uh, Drew, I will warn you, a ten day IL stint can turn into a thirty day <laughs> stint a lot faster than you care. And I think Brandon would add to that as well. But let's hope that Robles is back, as we've said famously on this podcast. We famously hate injuries. Um, running bases against the Cubs, but it looks to be more precautionary than anything. He's also started to turn it around in the past two weeks or so. Hopefully it will continue and he can be used at the top of the lineup like Martinez has wanted to add some more depth. For the past series against the Cubs, Davey did the weird pitcher hits eighth leadoff guy, hits ninth thing. So, I've never, yeah, I've never understood that. I feel the Mets have been doing that a little bit, and I, uh, I've understood it a little more this season just because it's like, well, if you have DeGrom up, he's probably better than John Shway Fargus. You know what I mean? <laughs> John Shway Fargus, so, yes, that's a good um, point. Yeah, and I, I, the first time I saw that really was um, not to bring him up. He shall not be named. Tony Larusa was doing that oh my with God. The, when he was the manager of the Cardinals. He was doing that a lot with um, uh, he would have I don't know Adam Wainwright bat eighth and then, and then yeah uh, uh, you know 
someone else ninth. That's weird because that seems to be like a like a new age baseball thing to do. And Tony Larusa, as we've learned in the last couple of weeks, is not part of new age baseball. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But I I don't know. I I, I don't really understand what the thinking actually behind that is. Right? I guess it's, they think it's like it extends the lineup more, where it's like you can possibly yeah. have a base runner on with um uh like if the pitcher punts one over, then you have like a, a two solid hitters. To try to I don't him. get I don't it. Know. Yeah, I really don't get it. It also, it's like you just are gonna have to have the bad bat somewhere. So why? I mean, why would you put him in a position where he could potentially? I mean, it's <laughs> there's a, a low chance when it's only one spot in the lineup, but you could potentially see uh, more at bats than the than the eighth hitter. You know what I mean? So we'll see. That's Tony Larusa shit, though. Am I right, bro? Hey, this, I'm, you're right, bro. <laughs> Thank you. We turned into a bro podcast there for a second. <laughs> this is the NL I take responsibility for that, my bad. I was trying to just kind of like vamp a little bit while I was trying to pull the rundown up, and I ended up turning into a fraternity brother, so my bad. Um, Brandon, it was a bad week for the Phillies as well. Uh, They lost a series to my Marlins, which, you know, you hate to see it, buddy. Uh, They they almost lost. They almost got swept. Jazz hit a hit a monster shot off Alvarado. Now Jazz Jazz Chisholm is the only player in baseball to have a home run off a hundred mile per hour. It's pitched this season and he's done it twice. Uh, this was out of the strike Degrom zone too. Degrom and Alvarado, and it was like a high and in fastball, and he just the fastest hands I've ever seen pulled it um, and smashed the shit out of the ball. It was great. Um, and we ended up having a bullpen implosion though, and I'm pretty sure our bullpen gave up like five runs. Uh, and it was not a great sight to see, but then we ended up beating them, which you love. We love to see, obviously. Um, and then they lost a series to the Red Sox and the Red Sox have been, um, one of the surprise stories in baseball this season have been playing out of their, uh, expectations, exceeding expectations. Um, and the Phillies who were once at the top of the NLE standings, or at least, uh, uh, seem to be at the top of the NLE standings are now a game out of last place. They're still technically in second. They're tied with the Braves at one and a half games out. Um, but I've lost their foothold and had, had essentially um, put, put some space in between them and the other teams in the, in the division and now are uh, losing that a little bit. And they play the Marlins again this upcoming series. So if they lose to the Marlins, then they could see themselves uh, flirting with the Nationals for last place. Yeah, and, and uh, in addition to that, Sir Didi actually went on the DL. Ooh, yeah. we hate to see or that. Maybe my dad... Remember when my dad dropped Didi Gregorius in the middle of the season on, on our fantasy baseball league? Maybe he was he's Nostradamus and he. Oh, he did! This, uh, I didn't even know that. Elston. Did someone snatch yeah, so, him up quickly? Of course, of course, of course. Um, I believe it was our our good friend Chris Rowland who will find out if he listens to the pod or not. We uh we do have Zach Verbit who I, I think his I think his shout out got cut from the episode last time. So Zach, consider this your shout out now. Um, we we're like 40 minutes into the episode, so you <laughs> will find out how far you really do make it. But shouts out to our good friends that do, um, endure all of our, uh, amateur baseball talk for an hour. Hey, if week. you can, if you can get through the Richard Dreyfus, Bill Murray talk this week, you can get through <laughs> anything. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of baseball podcasts talking about a comedy from 1991, but you know what, Brandon, <laughs> we're here to change the reputation of baseball guys. Let's talk um, about the you... movie problem child next. <laughs> hey Brandon, you heard about this movie Kindergarten Cop? I'll tell you what, it's wild. Um, uh, but also, Real Muto went on the IL. I know he'd been kind of uh, injured, but not really placed on the IL, but officially placed on the ten-day IL. So, as a Phillies fan, you don't love to see that. No, I know. So, I guess uh, Mr. Nap, right? Andrew Nap's their backup. Andrew yeah. Nap, yeah, Mr. that's not right to me. Um, take a nap. Don't take a nap on that. Come on, that's the Philadelphia <laughs> Tribune. <laughs> We're mailing it in a little bit this week, Brandon. You and I both have, I started to sound like a bro, and you gave me a nap pun. Though yours, frankly, better than mine, i got to be honest. Well, Also, my John Lester, Lack Lester, that's pretty good. So maybe, never mind, Brandon. We're not mailing it in. We're killing it. We're, <laughs> We're killing crushing it. it. Um, all right. 
we're we got to kind of slide along here. We actually surprisingly have done a good job of, of filling uh, filling the podcast with a bunch of nonsense talk. So we can uh, we can get rolling on. Phillies fans, at least we talked about you this week. Okay, we did speak a little bit about the Phillies. Uh, I didn't even bring up that Alcantara shuts you down, and then the Pen finished the game, so we beat you zero to six in our final game of the series. Didn't even bring that up, Brandon. Not once. Sorry, hold on. Okay, sorry. I, I no, spaced out for a second. I, I was someone facetiming me, and I and I stopped paying attention. <laughs> Brandon, I was just bragging about how Sandy had a great bounce back after his Dodgers implosion, and 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 shut out the Phillies, leading us to a six-zero victory over them in the final game of the series. So Phillies fans can't say we don't talk about you. Phillies, we can't say we don't talk about you. We make fun of Alvarado. We we use puns for Andrew Knapp's name, and we love it when you get <laughs> shut out, baby. But we love Didi Bohm. We do, we do love Didi Bohm. Even though uh, the two players that we enjoy the most are probably, or we that we probably enjoy the most on your team are now on your bench. And also, again, Brandon, this is a weird week. I didn't really. I normally will check out a couple of Phillies blogs and some preparation, but I famously had to return a surfboard because I shred now. Maybe I am turning into a bit of a bro. Um, and wasn't able to really do as much research outside of the Braves and Nationals. So, uh, yeah, you know, this happens every once in a while, Brandon. What happened with your surfboard? Can you explain now? Yeah, yeah, I guess I've been, uh, I, this isn't even my 60-second story. Um, what was my 60-second story? I can't believe, I should write these things down. <laughs> I love this um, every week. <laughs> <laughs> I had something. Um, so I I woke up on Friday morning, um, or maybe it was Saturday morning, Saturday morning, and uh, you know what? I'm gonna save this for the for the 60 second story. I remember what it was. I was gonna say. I'm gonna save it. Sorry, Brandon. I need keep, to have some sort of ammunition. <laughs> That's called a tease. Uh, speaking of tease, Brandon, the favorite your favorite player to be teased by Degrom. Let's get to our Degrom of the week. All right. Uh, if you can't tell for that uh, introduction for that segment, I just changed <laughs> the, the intro music. So uh, consistency is key, Brandon. But my DeGrom of the week, because I made the rundown this week, is none other than Marlins starting pitcher Cody Poteet. It seems, Brandon, even though we initially thought we only had three starters on the team, we now have four. Cody Poteet threw another shutout, um, I think seven innings of shutout baseball. Let's check that. Yeah, seven innings of shutout baseball yesterday evening against the Mets or yesterday afternoon against the Mets. And now has a combined 17 innings of only two earned runs over his last three starts. Um, Brandon, I think this guy might be good. You know, I'm thinking he might be good. You never know. I mean, these guys come out. Sometimes these guys do come out of nowhere. Um, was was he someone that the Marlins were talking about? Not high on at all. Not high on at all. Did he you, was the fourth round draft him? pick. No, not until this season. <laughs> I, and I do have just like a pretty elementary understanding of the Marlins prospects. Like I know like the top 12 or, or 13 prospects in the Marlins, but Cody Poteet was not somebody that stood out. He's 26 years old from San Diego, was a fourth round draft pick in 2015. So previous to this regime, um, and yeah, showed up. It really is kind of proof that was it previous to this regime? My mouth, my my years are getting getting by me. But um, it really seems like the Marlins can teach anybody to throw a changeup at this point, Brandon. He has a nasty changeup. He made it on pitching ninja, um, and it's just kind of been the saving grace. He has a as a of this season so far for us. He has a .7 WHIP in the last two games, uh, 1.06 ERA, 13 strikeouts and in 17 innings, no losses, two wins. Just like. Uh, you need these kind of dudes to come out of the woodwork and save your season when you have um, have some injuries to your starting pitchers like we did. And Cody's done that. So, Cody, we love you, buddy. Yeah, I mean, people are going to get um, chances this year. That's the one thing. I think that's the, you know, if there's any positive, the injuries, you know, coming off of last season, coming off of the 60-game season, like, we're going to see a lot more injuries. We're also going to see a lot more guys that we're not going to get a chance this year that are going to get a yeah. chance. So, you never know who's going to step up. So, well, you're the girl of the week. 
yeah. Well, congratulations on your uh, Degrama de Week. It's your first one, hopefully not your last one. Though I guess, Brandon, if we wanted to be unbiased on this podcast, something that we're not very familiar with, we should have maybe given it to Austin Riley, who had four home runs in three games against hey, the Hey, keep it going, Austin. He's going to have like, a fucking hamstring injury this week now, isn't he? <laughs> Truly, we've, we've talked about him positively for way too long. He is inevitably going to get injured. Uh, but, Brandon, this brings it to the 60-second the, the stories. If you're not familiar with this podcast, and this is your first time listening, um, and you can't figure it out from the title because you're a big dumb idiot, this is where Brandon and I are going to tell uh, <laughs> absolute dipshit dummy, okay? Um, we are going to tell a 60-second story that is unrelated to baseball or could be related to baseball. Who knows? Um, and if you don't finish your story at the end of 60 seconds, we will tell you that it is over, but then we'll continue to talk about it afterwards. Brandon, do you have a 60-second story yes, to share with the listeners this week? Also, I, I realized last week we had to cut the 60-second story out, which is the first time we've done that in our nine episodes so far. So uh, sorry to anybody who was That's the only reason people listen to that, right? Yeah, they were just like uh, platoon style on their knees, like William Defoe screaming at the at the heavens because they weren't allowed to. Listen <laughs> Is that to William Defoe? I've actually never seen Platoon. Dude, that was a quarantine movie for me, and it's very heavy. Obviously, as most Isn't Vietnam Charlie War movies are, Charlie Sheen's in it as well. It rules. It absolutely rules. Also, the uh, the one of the doctors from Scrubs is in it as well. There's like oh, a lot of like yeah, weird the, young um, actors. Uh, the redhead guy. The, yeah, the yes. Yeah. yeah that Wait, guy, I was at the platoon is. poster. I always thought that was Charlie Sheen. No, that's William Defoe. Oh. Spoiler alert: William Defoe dies at the end, and that's his, that's his. Why death would you scene, ruin that? So. For me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, t- I tend to spoil movies that come out 40 years ago. Brandon, come on. <laughs> also, if you watch a war, if you watch a Vietnam War movie, you know somebody's going to die in it, and it's most of the people. That's true, I guess. But <laughs> I wonder William to William to survive. Brandon, spoiler alert: Tom Hanks dies at the end of Saving Private Ryan too. That I know because for some reason, like once a week, I think about the scene where like. Uh, a bomb hits near him like the volume goes out in his ears mm-hmm. oh yeah and in the inter- introductory like, scene uh, you know what i mean it's just like a like that like ringing in his ears mm-hmm. and he's like turning around very confused we uh when miranda and i got vaccinated this uh this last month the she had a really gross not gross i mean i guess it was gross but really nasty was the word i was looking for reaction to the first dose of the vaccine it was like um just ill 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 um and she's for whatever reason 30 minutes before she got sick she had turned on uh saving private ryan so like as she was vomiting people were <laughs> getting blown up on omaha beach it was the weirdest <laughs> thing so it's like a surreal experience like, yeah people's um, intestines are coming out and she's like Bleh! and she's actually i know out. and she's like getting actually sick but brandon okay all right that's enough uh that's enough nonsense talk tell me your 60 second story and three two one so today is actually bob dylan's 80th birthday we're recording on monday happy birthday bob happy birthday. the goat of goats himself um so we love i'm him. a big fan and uh i've seen him three times this and he's not the best in concert nowadays but sometimes he can all of a sudden like just like sing like he was singing in the 70s or 60s and you're like <laughs> dude i think you're just coming up with a new character to sing <laughs> anyway um but uh one time i saw him in nashville with my dad at the municipal auditorium it's an old venue in Nashville. And this guy was like walking in between rows when Bob was on stage and he was wearing like a trench coat and like was like muttering to himself. And I was like, oh, this is Mark David Chapman for Bob Dylan. We're about to see Bob Dylan get assassinated. This is it. Yeah. And it looked like the guy had an earpiece in, but I was like, he can't be Secret Service because he was like five four <laughs> and like hunched over. So I'm like, okay. this is very worrisome. Um, luckily, the guy did not assassinate Bob Dylan, but for some reason I think about it. I don't know, constantly, because I was like, we almost saw Bob Dylan get assassinated. But he's not, also, he's what alive. If this, Happy birthday, Bob. 
Um, that's a wild story, mainly because I, I, I like the the idea that if he was Secret Service, there was a, a U.S. government conspiracy to kill Bob Dylan. <laughs> and his, but like not when he was politically relevant, just like 50 years later. Yeah, they're like, we're going to we're going to send a five foot four hunched over man to kill <laughs> a five Only foot the best. ten hunched over uh, Jewish man who's on stage. <laughs> only the best branded only the best all right actually i went through uh, a big bob dylan fan uh, phase like my freshman year in college which i feel like is a late um uh, a late bloomer there's for never a late fans. time to get in bob i actually you know it's funny i uh, there'll, there'll be like uh weeks where i'll like only listen to him and it's like i haven't mm-hmm. listened to him recently but i think I, I think i gotta do it for his birthday today i think we're gonna do it also i just realized my bob dylan impression and my aziz i'm sorry impression are the same thing Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> read the Jordan, you should read the Jordan Yamamoto tweet as Bob Dylan. Hey, that's about as far as my wife. Goes. My wife. <laughs> but whatever you do, leave alone my wife. <laughs> He's like, it was man, me I, who gave up the five runs. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> man, I can't believe I did that voluntarily. <laughs> and not only that, but recorded it and are publishing it to people. All right, Brandon, you ready for my one second, my one second, my 60 second story? One second story. Surfing. Okay, that's my story. Sorry, Brandon. I ran out of time. I couldn't finish it for you. Um, all right, you ready to go? Mm-hmm. Here we go. So, Brandon, um, like I said, I'm on vacation. I'm at the beach. We're, we have a lovely view. We're very lucky. My parents um, hadn't seen me in 18 months, so they splurged a little bit. I got to say, um, an Airbnb right on the Atlantic Ocean. So I decided to, to partake in surfing, which is something I haven't done since uh, I was in middle school. I went to a surf camp in middle school. I can give you the perfect timeline because that's the summer that Sugar We're Going Down started to become popular. Okay. Remember that? Yeah, yeah of course. Boy. 2006. Um, 2000 yeah that sounds about right 2006 but it wasn't mtv popular it was uh it was fuse popular um so i rented a surfboard and i called i called ahead and i was like um uh, let's just see if they have them available and i called and this kid picks up the phone he's probably 16 years old and it is truly like a cartoonish satirical impression of a surfer he's like hey what's up man thanks for calling surf station in saint augustine and i was like hey dude i was just wondering if you had any surfboards available he's like oh absolutely my dude come on in and we'll take care of you and i was like all right sick thanks man uh what's your name and he goes my name's Skyler. <laughs> <laughs> I just truly couldn't believe that I had just the most quintessential, like stereotypical interaction with somebody that you would imagine worked at a surf shop. That is so fun. My name is Skyler. Wait, you returned? Oh. You returned it though? So I today I returned it. So that's where I was. Oh, okay. We went it it like on Saturday faulty. and You're Monday morning we returned it. No, I mean, maybe I could claim it faulty, and that's the reason why I only stood up, like, once out of 100 attempts on a surfboard. Dude, I bet people do it. Be like, this surfboard must be broken. I couldn't use it. It was too big. That was my excuse. I was like, nah, bro, it's because you suck at surfing. (laughs) But I went into the store. I'm I'm exceeding my 60 seconds. I went into the store, um, and there's a little – there's a kid, maybe, like, 5'8", 5'9". He had to have been 16 years old as a bunch of like high schoolers and he was helping me out. And I was like, this has to be Skylar. This has to be Skylar. It's like shoulder length, blonde hair, like tanner than anybody I've ever yeah. seen. Um, and he walks out and he helps us with the board and we're putting it in our car. And I'm like, all right, man, thanks. What was your name? He's like, my name is Skylar. <laughs> and he walks away and I was like, I met the living legend. I met the guy himself, Skylar. So and, shout and out to Skylar. And then he just transformed into a surfboard himself. <laughs> my name was Skylar. Yeah, he, Skylar. He just became yeah an autonomous surfboard <laughs> uh, and walked in. Wait, autonomous? That's not the word I'm looking for. Brandon, what am I? Uh, uh, a sentient surfboard. Sentient, Thank sentient. you. There we go. Yes, became a sentient surfboard and walked in. It was really funny. It was just like um, a slice of sli- very slice of life when I walked in. It was like four 
like teenagers talking about how they were going to move shifts around at the surf shop. The dude was like, oh, you're going to love this board. We got some killer waves tomorrow. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Me, somebody that can fully take advantage of the opportunity of killer waves uh, while they're surfing. They were like, Bryson, you can take my Tuesday 3.30. (laughs) Skyler, how about you take my Wednesday at (laughs) 9? Yeah, dude, it was so great. And then there's like uh, two older dudes that clearly owned the surf shop. They were just like hanging in the back. None of them had masks on because it's St. Augustine. Even though it's like me and my younger brother walked in are just like trying to Max. We Max has been chatted oh, out yeah. on the podcast many times. He followed um, me on Twitter. Just... Yay! He back. made a Twitter. He made a Twitter this week, this weekend when we were on vacation. Love he made it. a Twitter. So we love that, Max. So welcome to the age of social he's like, media. He's like, now I'm going to stay in my room and just be on Twitter instead of hanging out. With <laughs> yeah, I hope it doesn't rot your brain and have it bleed out your ears like it's done for me for the last ten years. <laughs> I hope it. I hope it treats you better than that, Brandon. We are on to our feast or famine before we have our upcoming series and then the podcast reviews that don't exist. Um, Brandon, why don't you give me your feast so far? My feast so far has been one Mr. Zach Wheeler, Mets legend, working on being a Phillies legend. It still hurts to see him in the cream and red unis, but uh, but mm, Wheeler has mm, had back-to-back mm, seven-plus innings pitch, 10-plus K uh, starts. His last two starts, the only other pitcher to do that is Shane Bieber this season. He's a plus two F4. We're getting analytical today. Um, yeah, we're, he's just we're been absolutely today. dominant. Just like, you know, um, he, you know, when he came up, he was just an overpowering guy who didn't have control. Sometimes you see that creak in, you know, in the first inning, you get some first inning troubles, but it's like, for the most part, this dude is absolutely crushing it on the mound right now. Um, sad to see for a Mets fan, but happy to see for Zach himself. He's a good fella. Um, and, I'm, and uh, you know, I love seeing him pitch. We stand by Zach Wheeler. Um, also, uh, Phillies fans, for all the shit that we talked previously in the podcast, we're giving you a feast. So if you think about it, we're kind of making up for um, making up for all of our sins of past. I uh, I also like Zach Wheeler. Uh, the top of that, I know Nola had a bad game this week, but the top of that Phillies rotation, as we've said so many times, is can be dangerous when they're on, and that's not a team that you want to face in the playoffs when they they have their best pitchers and can can take two games from you. Will they make the playoffs? That's a different question. This this division is truly up for grabs, but. Um, but yeah, good, glad to see Zach Wheeler have a good um, have a good turnaround. Brandon, my turnaround. Did he have a bad start last week? I think he did. Right? Who's Zach? Who knows? All right. Yeah, Zach. Didn't he? Didn't he? Hold on. 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 Hold on, Brandon. We're gonna pull this up. Um, no, he killed the Marlins last time he was out. Never mind. Don't try to rewrite no, he actually... history, revisionary history here. What's going on? <laughs> he is slowly getting better though. He's lowering the WHIP and he's lowering the ERA and he's pitching seven. I mean, he's av- yeah, he had a complete game shutout already. I forgot about that. Um, or complete game one earned run, no complete game shutout. Yeah, I was right. He was he might have already been a feast. Honestly, who knows? Well, you know we'll make Zach, him a feast every week because Zach's dealing. He's honestly going to probably be a famine last week because we talked. Yeah, next week because we talked so highly from this Pilot, week. Yeah. My feast is Zach Pilar. Or Zach Pilar. Oh my God, Brandon Kevin Pilar. Um, he's uh he obviously famously got smashed in the face by a 95 mile an hour fastball last week, and then was doing a press conference the next day. Is like retweeting kid like some some dad was tweeting at Kevin Pilar, being like, "My son got smashed in the face with a baseball yeah. this week." And Kevin Pilar was like retweeting him and talking about like like giving him hype. Like is doing press conferences. Has already resumed light baseball activity this week. Like the dude is making a remarkable comeback considering how devastating that is. Oh yeah, was. incredible. I think he's gonna be a standing O when he comes back to City Field. He's like, you know, Deservedly he really so. endeared himself to Mets fans after that. And, um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I liked him before. And honestly, he was stepping up in a huge way when Nimmo went down. And he'll mm-hmm. probably beat Nimmo back to the team, to be honest. 
Yeah, that's wild. He really and he looked so he truly looked like he got punched in the face by a bear. Like yeah, he, he looked like he looks... man. I mean, he, I, I don't know if his nose is going to look the same even after the surgery. To be honest, who knows? Right? I don't know. Who knows? Listen, after I broke who knows my nose, is what I said. <laughs> God, I'm giving you too much credit. Miranda has been taking advantage of my vacation brain this week and saying just a bunch of like mediocre jokes. And I'm laughing way too hard and giving her the sport. Um, Brandon. Uh, for our famine this week, I just realized I didn't write down a famine, so I'm going to just do a Marlins famine um, and come up with one on the spot, and that is going to be our boy Sixto Sanchez. Like we said earlier, he seemingly was supposed to come back from injury around the same time that Elysia Hernandez was going to come back, and it seems like that's not going to be the case. Still throwing 120 feet. Sixto, not placed on the IL, so I couldn't uh, put him on my IL in uh, fantasy baseball. No one can explain. I know. There's- Brandon and I's only consistent complaint is that Sixto Sanchez has not been placed on the IL yet. And we're getting pissed about it, Brandon. Um, but yeah, Sixto, we miss you. We love you, baby. Come back before Trevor Rogers steals everybody else's heart and you are no longer the relevant young pitcher for the Marlins. Yeah. I, um, I, I mean, he was, Sixto was, I think if we go back to our preseason preview, uh, pod, like Sixto was like my guy. I was like, Oh, I think he's going to absolutely dominate this year. You know, I was thinking this like all star yeah. games up, unfortunate with the injuries, but it's like, you can have a great second half. You know, I don't know if there's for something sure, else sure. lingering with him because it's been going on for so long. Hopefully not. But, um, yeah, I mean, hey, the rotation, once again, Marlon's rotation could be pretty lethal. It's like an FBA or assuming everyone stays healthy. Fingies crossed, Brandon. Fingies crossed. All right, we got to kind of – we. So, I swear, the episodes that we feel like we are the least prepared for are the ones that go the longest. We can talk. We, end up bullshitting we got so big much. mouths, we can talk. The, Speaking of which, Brandon, we got to come up with – I know I've already told you this, I think, on the podcast, but we got to come up with some good ideas for off um, – uh, for off-season baseball content, and I, what was that movie that came out with John Hamm? That's a baseball movie. Oh, it was like a with, Disney baseball with the, movie with, with the Indian guys. Yeah, or like, yeah, they're like taking cricket players and turning them into baseball players. We have to review that. That uh, I've never seen that, that movie. Baseball and I've movie. never seen that one. Yeah, me I've, I've never seen any recent ones. Trouble with the Curve with Justin Timberlake and Clint Eastwood seemed bad. Yeah, that sounds hysterical. I didn't know Justin Timberlake was making baseball movies. That's so funny. Yeah, it's um, also, this is not really related to baseball, but is a sports movie. I want to watch that movie, Draft Room. What's that? Have you heard about this? No. It's like a Cleveland Browns uh, NFL draft movie. With, what's his name? Kevin Costner? <laughs> what are they going to do? Like, hey, we blew, we blew the draft again. <laughs> like, what are, they, what are the Browns going to do? They, it's like all about them trying to get their. Uh, it's just, just them trying to get movie. Johnny Manziel. Draft Day. Draft Day, starring Kevin Costner. Yes, I was right. Uh, American sports drama. Uh, revolves around the fictional general manager of a Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland Browns deciding what to do after his team acquires the number one draft pick. Like, we got NFL Johnny draft. Manziel. What are we going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, lose. Johnny Manziel, I think, is done playing football. I think he went to the Canadian League and bounced from the Canadian League is now just done. Sad, bro. That's sad. God bless. You're devastated. I can Tim tell. Tebow's back, um, though, you know. Tim Tebow's back, and Brandon, you know what else is back? The upcoming series section of our podcast. Why don't you give me the upcoming series? Uh, yeah, so the Phillies are playing the Marlins. Let's see if the Phillies continue to falter against the Fish. And then the Phillies, the Phillies fail. We're playing the Rays. Uh, Nationals are playing the Reds and Brewers and Braves. So and all central action. Marlins, once again, playing mm-hmm. Phillies and the Red Sox. The Red Sox Marlins will be an interesting series. Braves versus Red Sox. Uh, as well as the Mets and then the Nationals. Mets are playing the Rockies at home at City Field and then playing the Braves. Um, what's your most exciting series you think out of that bunch? I think my favorite is going to be the Braves versus the Red Sox. I really want to see how the how the Braves uh, play a very good team. Um, and I think that they could be uh, they could really prove 
themselves to be the favorite in the division if they come away with it. Uh, I, I also am excited to see DeGrom come back against the Rockies. If You couldn't pick a better team for him to come back against. They're, they've been uh, dwindling, to say the least. Um, and what else? Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the Phillies-Marlins is a fun series. Um, but yeah, what about you? Yeah, aside from DeGrom coming back, I think I'm excited for the Phillies and Rays, actually. Um, yes. The Rays, who, who recently traded Willie Adamas, and, and uh, they got... Uh, and then... Where are you going to say? And then didn't call up Wander Franco, which is great for me because I'm seeing him play tomorrow, Tuesday night. Oh, Brandon wow. And I go to yeah, Jumbo that's Shrink right. Game. That's exciting. That'll be really fun. And they're playing the Rays affiliate, so um, that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, so I'm excited for the Phillies and Rays. Maybe you know we'll see how the Phillies do if they can bounce back um, against a tough Rays team. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. Um, all right, Brandon, this is normally the part of the show where we would do a podcast review, but we do not have any podcast reviews. Is this the third week in a row that we have no new reviews? Hey, okay. uh, you know, maybe once we start talking about Richard Dreyfuss a little more, maybe we'll get into the Dreyfuss community. We got to get Mud on. Mud, review a pod. Come on. I think he was trying to. I think, I think he had an issue figuring out how to do it, so I'll talk oh, him through okay. it. Okay. I think my brother reviewed a, a, reviewed it today, Max, the aforementioned Max, reviewed it today. Um, but because of the way Apple Podcast reviews work, it wasn't able to get in. Yeah, I mean, the show. So we will the, have one next using week. using the C word on it. We're like, dude, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Max, please, you got to limit your we, – we allow for a little more cursing now, but you got to limit your language. You can't just throw <laughs> that man. word out. Young man. Um, Brandon, next week you will still be away, and I will still be away. So yeah, this may I'll be, be away. Weird, I'll be, another I'll, weird episode hey, We week. probably won't see any baseball this week. We'll probably still have a vacation break. I'll be. I'll actually be able to watch a ton of baseball because I'll just be alone with at my parents' house for the next full gotcha. week. So I'll come in so fully educated, and Brandon will come in ignorant as a clam. What uh, else is You know, famously ignorant animal, the clam. Uh, but Brandon, before we go, do you have anything else you want to tell the tell the lovely listeners out there? Um, can you give me uh, one more Aziz for the road? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's all I wanted. All right. Hey, goodbye. Bye. Bye.